going on, nation? Where's that camera? Right there. Hey. What's going on? We're popping in on Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to change it over there. The Saturday show. I sit here and I was upstairs having a coffee. Got back after doing my Saturday errands with my kids. Said to myself, hey. I sit down at the microphone today. Put the old headset on. Put some tunes on. I just hit record. Just hit go live. Will somebody show up? Who will show up? How many people will show up? That's the fun thing about a passion. Is when you're passionate about something, this is not coming to work. Look, I'm building a brand. I'm building a following. I'm building something based on one simple thing. I show up. I show up every single day. I'm accountable to myself because I want to show you that I can help you be accountable to yourself. So that's why I'm here on a Saturday. I could be here every Saturday, frankly. I will be here every Saturday. So we're going to try some cool things today. Admittedly, (laughs) I don't know what some of that is, but we're going to try some shit out. So first of all, we're going to switch some cameras. We're going to look behind the scenes. Boom. Where are we? Well, right there. There we go. What's going on, nation? Here's a behind-the-scenes look into the lab. Here's where I sit my day, start my day, do my thing. Let's see. I got a text from my buddy here today. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Mr. Greg? Mr. Greg, Mr. Greg. I'm grateful. Hey, we sent the old membership message out this morning. I got, I got goosebumps. Somebody's like, hey, I want to pay. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, man, you put, your, you put your hands out and you say, hey, man, we're trying something. We're working hard. And someone's like, yeah, I want to support that. Pardon my expression. Pardon my language. I should look at this. <laughs> pardon my expression. Pardon my language. That's fucking awesome. That's it. So I'm going to try something right now. I'm going to take the old invite anyone link. I'm going to take the old boom. And we're going to slip it into the old LinkedIn feed here. And we're going to see who drops in. Here's what we're going to try. So we're going to add a comment. Join me. Let's see if we can do this here for you guys live on the lab on the air here. Let's just share a screen, share a screen. Let's see what we're doing here. Share a screen. Yeah, here we go. Boom. Okay, everyone. Yeah, let's check this out here. So, uh, this is a little Saturday. Yeah, I can't spell today. Saturday drop in. Want to join me? Bring your coffee. Oh, yeah. Good job spelling. Bring your coffee and your opinion. And let's have, let's have a chat. So today's the day for trying. So that's what we're going to do. So there we go. Boom. 
So let's see if somebody just pops in here. Now we'll put it here too. We're going to go. Oh, there we go. There, that's it. We're going to go like this. There, we're going to go edit this post. We're going to say, hey, join us. And we're going to go like this there. Boom. Hit save. And now, hey, let's see who joins us. All right, back here. Okay, so I thought today what I could do to add some value to your life. I, I'm always thinking about how I can add value. How can I add value to your life? Why should I? Oh, we got a comment. Oh, <laughs> it's from myself. I, I'm always thinking about how I can add value to you. Right? I, I'm, I understand that me talking for the sake of talking doesn't add value. So it's like, oh, so hey, how can I add value? Oh, there's somebody there tuning in. Whoa, how's that work? So today we're going to add value by just maybe checking out what's happening to some current events. Hey, we could just do that today. Um, this last week, we had some, so let's talk what's coming up this week. Coming up this week live in the lab. I'm going to pull up my notes here in front of me here. Do, 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 do. We got Monday. Kyle Gillette. Met Kyle on Podmatch. Discovered Podmatch recently. It's like a dating service for podcast people like myself and all those out there that are looking to get on a show. You know, live in the lab, the show is a service. So Monday, we've got Kyle Gillette joining us. Uh, let's just check out who Kyle Gillette is here today. Kyle, G-I-L-L-E-T-T-E, -T -T -E, Kyle Gillette's. Yeah, you see, here's the thing. There's so many guests that pop and go and come and go that uh, kind of sometimes lose track of them all. So Kyle Gillette, helping business owners have more confidence, courage, and freedom than ever before. Let's try this again. Let's just do this again. Let's go present, share screen. Let's make this fun for everyone. Kyle Gillette, there we go. Boom. Okay, so we're meeting with Kyle today. I'm sorry, we're meeting with Kyle on Monday. So Kyle is our Monday guest. We'll talk to Kyle about, uh, you know, really, our business owners out there, how to get more confidence, how to get more courage, get that freedom, not freedom 55. Freedom 55 is like an old thing. Who the hell talks about freedom 55 anymore? Fuck man, I'm 51 and there's no freedom. <laughs> Say that tongue in cheek, of course. So freedom 55, is that what it's called? Yeah, so anyways, we're gonna bring Kyle in on Monday. We're gonna talk with Kyle about, uh, well, well, the guy went to California Polytechnic State University and so forth. Tuesday in the lab. We got Tuesday in the lab. We got Greg Walls. Greg Walls joins us. And let's just do a quick check on Greg Walls here. Greg Walls. Greg Walls joins us. Yeah, no Greg Walls. No Greg Walls in LinkedIn today. <laughs> None of that today with Greg Walls. All right. Let's see who else we got here. On Wednesday, we have Jonathan Anastas. Thursday, we've got Andrew Petcash and Friday, Craig Cook. So a full week of guests here live in the lab with every purpose of that guest to bring you accountability, bring you great stories, bring you inspiration and, uh, and keep you going throughout your day. And then of course, next week can come to the Christmas weekend. Uh, for those of you that are celebrating Christmas. It's interesting. So I, I, I grew up celebrating Christmas. But yet we live in a world now where there's we celebrate everything. <laughs> I yeah, I have an opinion on Christmas. Perhaps this is the space to offer it. It's become 
just too it should be called mastercard miss or visa miss or credit card miss or something along those lines it, it is or consumer miss listen don't get me wrong i'm all about gifts i'm all about you know i'm all about uh oh yeah there's more i'm all about giving everyone i really am I, i'm all about giving as much as we can but this manufactured day that's just a, it's like since come black friday it becomes black friday month and then every day up until christmas is just spend 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 i wish we would all focus on experiences instead of products maybe it's an age thing i don't know sat back with my friend my colleague entrepreneur founder of the underknown steve holford yesterday I had some coffee with steve and uh, steve successfully uh started a company called the underknown really great content hoping to have steve on the show he's been through a journey uh very much affected by the pandemic uh very much affected by uh, and what i mean by the pandemic i mean by just just the way that the world changed uh, affected by algorithm changes on youtube and facebook and he's got a youtube channel and uh they make great content interesting shit uh what if like scenarios like what if so what if you fell into a, a volcano what if the you know world fell apart what if you threw a coin in the sky a million feet and it fall and it fell out of the air and it fell down and hit you in the head so they take these scenarios and create really great shows i would invite you to check it out uh check out the underknown uh, but anyways we're talking to steve and uh you know steve says to me he's like man he's like i just want to get rid of all i'll paraphrase paraphrasing here uh, and while I do that, I'm going to try this here. I'm going to try this. Uh, boo, 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 boo. How about, let's try maybe this cam. Oh, there we go. What's that one? Is that one right there? There we go, yeah. So I'm talking to Steve. And Steve says to me, he's like, you know, Keith, I'm just tired of all the shit. I want to sell everything and, and be very minimalistic. And it's hard to argue with that. Oh, with some lights just went out here. Jesus. Tell you, man, technology sometimes just drives me nuts. There we go. There we go. There we go. And this one just went out. Uh, so Steve says to me, he's like, hey, man, I am tired. Just buying stuff all the time. Just buying stuff. I, I want to get rid of everything and I want to live a very minimalistic life. I'm like, I'm, I can't argue with that. It's hard to argue with that. I think it's a phase of you have in life. I think it's a phase you go through where from time to time, I, you know, this these lights here drive me nuts. So let's see here. Let's get these back on. So I have these uh, Elgato Streamlights, uh, Wi-Fi lights. They connect to 2.4 gigahertz. But fuck, man, they just don't always stay connected. 2.4 to 5. All over, there, there we go. My lights like they just came on. So it's Christmas. Let's just buy stuff. Mm, uh, I don't know. How about we go buy experiences? I'll tell you, experiences changed my life. When I adopted the idea of buying experiences instead of stuff, it's, uh, oh, there you go. We've got Mr. Mackley on the show here today. Jumping in, say hello. What's going on, Mr. Greg? So I was saying Christmas is about stuff, yet somewhere along the way, we've got to pivot to experiences. We get so much more of an experience. You know, we accumulate stuff. We age. The stuff sits on the shelf. We play with it a few times. We put it back. But the power of an experience lasts forever. It really does. Speaking of experiences, you've been following what's happening with Apple. And hey, if you have an Apple iPhone 15, 
If you have an Apple iPhone 15, there's a little tab inside there that says uh, turn on spatial video. Just turn that tab on. I'll, I'll show you. And I'm going to tell you why in a second why you're going to want to do that. And you're going to think to yourself, what the hell is he telling me to do this for? It perhaps isn't really relevant today, but I will tell you where it's going to be relevant in your life because you will thank me. You will mark this date on the calendar. Why can I never find the camera? There it is, the camera app. All right, so you are going to go in your camera app and you are going to uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, you're going to go into camera formats and you're going to go right over there. You're going to go spatial video for Apple Vision Pro. Now, why do you want to do that? Because next Christmas... And then every Christmas after that, you're going to see a shift in consumer spending. And you're going to see a shift in technology. And what's going to happen starting the next 12 months, 24 months, and 36 months. And hey, listen, the time happens. I'm not going to stop. We're not going to, oh, next Christmas isn't happening. No, it is happening. It's going to happen. And what I'm going to tell you is if you have an iPhone 15, I think it's the 14 too, but the 15 for sure, Turn that tab on and start shooting your video in spatial video because next year or the year after when your kids or yourself wants to buy the Apple Vision Pro headset, all that content that you're creating today, you're going to put the headset on and it's going to be there. And you're going to say, <clears throat> holy shit, Keith, that tip you told me two years ago, wow, I can touch my kids. Wow, I could... Go and hug my wife because it's capturing the content in spatial video. So if you've never put on a VR headset before, uh, I have one sitting over there. It's the Meta headset, the Meta, the Meta 3. You put the headset on and when you're in spatial video, it's, it's nothing sort of, nothing short of exceptional. What I would offer to you is that we all know if we have iPhones that the Apple, the iPhone experience is somewhat exceptional, right? So I'm only imagining that when we all strike those Vision Pro headsets on in time, the content you're creating today, that's the point of my discussion right now, the content you're creating today is going to work in the headset. It's going to be immersive. It's going to capture spatial audio and spatial video. So there's your Saturday afternoon tip. Slide the tab on your iPhone 15. Start capturing in spatial video. Here's what's also going to happen to society. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Watch what's going to happen over the next... Uh, 15 to 24 months. People are going to stop shooting video this way and start shooting it this way. Why? Because when you capture the video this way, it's going to create immersive VR experiences. When you capture it this way, you don't. Why is that? There's a technical reason. Hey, listen, not just a pretty face here. It's not just the good lighting. Not just the good microphone that brings out the good voice. A little bit of brains going on in this skull under the hat. Under the Winnipeg cold weather hat. You see, the cameras here on the back of your phone. These two here are shooting your spatial video. So again, as you're creating content today for your headset for tomorrow. And listen, the headset's not always going to be that big bulky thing you strap on your head. Do you remember the first iPhone? Remember your first Blackberry, your first cell phone, how big that mother was? <laughs> Look at it now. 
right? So when you're thinking about the headset, don't think about what it is today. Think about what it's going to be tomorrow. Think about capturing content in spatial video today to enjoy that content tomorrow. I'm telling you, we're going to see two shifts happen. People are going to start shooting video again this way. Not just old guys like me. It's funny, right? You actually can tell demographics of people. I was at my kid's Christmas concert last night and I had an observation. <laughs> Here is my observation. Let's go to this camera. I'm, I'm going to bring the observation to this camera right here. So the observation was anybody about my age, which was like 97 and above, we're all shooting our videos like this, right? Anybody who was uh, under 97 was all shooting their videos like this. <laughs> true story. I'm telling you, true story. So <laughs> we... Uh, my point is, you're going to see the shifts happening over time where technology is going to uh, suggest we start shooting videos this way. Here's what's also happening too. TikTok. Yo, TikTokers. TikTok is pushing content creators to start creating long videos again, right? So while they, while they moved the world to 15 second, 30 second, one minute clips, what happened was was creators realized, I can't make no money on a 30 second clip because there's no room for ads. How do you monetize 15 seconds? How do you monetize 30 seconds? How do you monetize 75 seconds? You can, but it's difficult. You need massive scale. So TikTok is gonna push themselves and push the industry, I suggest, to longer form videos again. And listen, you, you, don't, you don't have to look any further than history to see what's happening in the future. Like really, there's, there's nothing new that is being invented ever. We just rehash old ideas. So where a new technology emerged, which, which wasn't, but when TikTok came out, which was actually, it was not TikTok originally, it was, cause I had the app, uh, it was, oh man, it was a, a video dancing app. Uh, that they then converted into TikTok. But my point is, they pushed the world to these short clips and realized, hey, people want to do that. You think somebody sat in a boardroom one day and said, hey, I got the best idea in the world. Let's launch short form videos in vertical format because the world wants that and it's all going to take off and change the world. That happened. Sure, it happened organically and people picked up on it and people ran with it. Right, Meta missed out on it, so I was like, "Hey, we gotta jump in there and create an Instagram Reels and stories, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. But my point is, I'm pretty confident that it wasn't planned. That somebody woke up and said, "Hey, we're gonna create the TikTok app and we're gonna do it in vertical video, and uh, that's how it's all gonna work." Uh, it's iterate, iterate, iterate. Put the product into the market. The market ran with it. The market at the time was ready for a vertical-based solution, no different than when the market was introduced to Instagram years ago. Right. At the time, if you recall, at the time, tons of photo sharing apps, tons at the time. But what was different about Instagram, and I loved the story when Krieger and Systrom talked about creating Instagram. Do you know that all that they did better than anybody else was one thing? And you didn't even know it. You didn't even know it. They realized that when you took your picture, that if they could get that photo uploading while you were doing the editing, adding the text, and doing all the stuff you did before you hit published, 
that by the time you hit publish, it was largely going to be published instantly. So if you recall that experience, it's a relatively instant experience, right? Where all the other apps at the time was, you know, take your picture, go through the steps, upload it. There was friction involved. Now, it's funny. Friction is such a relative word, isn't it? Because we're so used to things happening instantly and quickly and so forth. But the moment there's a little bit of a in the way, we're all like, I don't know, that's friction. So while the other app experiences at the time weren't bad, Instagram came out and said, hey, we got a different way of doing this. And it took off. I would suggest you the same thing happened with TikTok. TikTok released their vertical video format. And the world was like, hey, we like vertical videos hey, we like these viral vertical videos and off we went. And then the world played catch up with YouTube and Instagram and Meta and so forth. So that's the long way around of saying that the world's shifting again. And and I'm seeing it again this week where Instagram is now turned on live streaming to everybody. You see, when I got into the gig here doing this show, I could not stream to Instagram, could not do it. I could, but it wasn't readily available to everybody. So I I don't want to misspeak there. They've now turned it on to everybody. They've opened it up to all streaming platforms. You can now stream directly to Instagram like you can stream to YouTube or X or LinkedIn or any other platform. So my point is, is that the the idea of wide form video, the idea of horizontal video, the idea of 16 16 by nine video is not going away by no stretch of the imagination. I think if anything, what we're going to see happen as the world continues to adopt spatial video and spatial audio. And again, it's a, it's a process, right? It doesn't happen just instantly. Not instantly. Uh, you're going to see us, you know, un- unless camera design moves, and obviously it can, you know, where you change the cameras around and you shoot your videos this way. Um, but that's exciting to me. Uh, it's exciting to me to see, uh, again, there's your Saturday tip. Turn that spatial video knob on and uh, Bob's your uncle. Bob is your uncle. All right, what else can we talk about today? We, just, we gave you some special video tips. I, I tell you, I got to tell you something. <laughs> Sat down, thought to myself, okay, well, no plans here today. Going to turn some tunes on like I like to do. Going to hit the old flip the switch on LinkedIn and X and YouTube. And uh, not tell anybody. Sit down here in the lab and go to work. Be accountable. Show up. Maybe that's how you build an audience, right? You go to the club with your guitar, you sit down, you start playing. People show up, hey, I like this guy. I like what he's playing. He's entertaining to me. He's offering me value. Speaking of value, speaking of value, I wrote, I wrote, a, I wrote an interesting piece. Yes, I can write too. It's a true story. Telling you, not just the pretty face going on here under the toque. More than just the pretty face. I can write, I can speak, I can communicate. But that's just what you see in front of the camera. Because when, when I'm away from the camera, I'm telling bad dad jokes. Although my kids think they're great dad jokes. Your kids still laugh at your dad jokes? It's funny, I got a... My 17-year-old looks at me and rolls his eyes. My 14-year-old looks at me and like... And, she, and she's a she. She just doesn't even roll her eyes anymore. But I got a 7-year-old, a little rookie, my 7-year-old stepdaughter. I, I don't even... Ah. Let's erase that last part. Not my my seven-year-old daughter. And she still loves my jokes. Loves my jokes. I'm telling you, if you got kids, I'm thinking that 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 joke loving probably ends around, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 or so. But 
I wrote a piece, published it this morning, out on inside.bapple.ai, and I would invite you to sign up. I haven't pitched. It's funny, I guess if I'm in a radio, or if I'm guess if I'm part of my team, my team's like, hey, you're not pitching the show. You're not pitching the name of the show enough. You're not pitching people to come and sign up. Come sign up, inside.bapple.ai. Why should you sign up? So you can get great content from me and from the team. Who's the team? Me, myself, and I. <laughs> We're just starting out. Ah, you got a couple collaborators working with me. I don't want to dismiss the help that I have because I can't do this all by myself. That is for sure, which is why we turned on the old subscription service today. Uh, that has got to pay the bills. Uh, it was a free moment today, frankly. I got to tell you, it was a free moment as an entrepreneur, as a, as a business person. Um, I've, I've, I've done this dance before. Quick little heads up here. Took a white, took a white piece of paper a long time ago. Yeah, back in the early days of the internet. Uh, turned it into value, uh, created a social media company, and then sold it. Did pretty well. You know, let's talk uh, NHL contract money, right? Did well for myself, bootstrapped it, didn't have any investors. Did well, changed my life. Uh, you know, went on with life, and now we're back in the saddle here and, and uh, starting chapter two. Starting chapter two. And part of that chapter is, is this flagship show, Live in the Lab, uh, built around the Business Athlete Performance Lab which is an accountability company. And, and, I, and I bring this up because I launched our subscription model today because I wrestled in my head. Do I wanna go and build a business based on advertisers and people that I have no relationship with? That's just the truth. Would I rather have a million people listening to me and not know any of them? Wait a minute, what am I saying here? If they're gonna pay me a million dollars to talk to a million people, well, sure I will. Call me Howard Stern, the king of new radio. The king of the new talk show. I can be that. I'll, I'll wear that hat. For sure I will. 100%. Maybe me and Macklin got to do a show together. Hey, I don't know. The two old guys. Ah, Greg's not old. Greg's a young guy. Sitting out with Greg this week. Excited about that. Very excited about that. Guy hosts a morning show here in Winnipeg, Canada. Solid dude. Great story. Great story, frankly. You know, American Idol, Canadian Idol? Yeah, the guy does like a radio talk show to get on a, a real radio show and the guy gets on the show. That's pretty cool. So, so I share that with you because the point is we launched subscriptions today in the lab. We got the free subscription where you're going to get something delivered to your inbox once a week, maybe twice a week. We get the paid for subscription, uh, which will get content delivered to your inbox Oh, I got Macklin laughing away there. Exactly. Exactly. We got the paid stuff going to your inbox. You get stuff dropped every single day. But but the point of, of the subscription is not so much as it is the content. Well, it is the content. But is it's the relationship with our audience. Right? So as a committed member for less than a buck a day per month, you're going to get live access to the show curated access to the show of content. We've got BAPA blocks, five minute blocks, 10 minute blocks, 15 minute blocks, content to help you get through your day, inspiring content, motivating content, interesting content, content you're not gonna get anywhere else. Plus you're gonna get access to our accountability community, access to myself to help you be accountable to your goals, right? So uh, we're not here to introduce a new system or introduce a book. Ah, book. I gotta post some writing about this whole book thing. I got to tell you, man, everybody's got a fucking book. Hey, I wrote a book. I wrote a book. And the funny thing is, everybody's a bestseller. 
How does that work? How does everybody write a book and they're all bestsellers? Like, what, are you gonna write a book and say it's not a bestseller? Of course you're not. Hey, I wrote a book. It's not a bestseller. That's going to be my book. You need to buy my book. It's not a bestseller. Fuck, nobody reads it. The funny thing is though, <laughs> the funny thing is though, there's probably gonna be a book one day. It's gonna be a book like, a hundred conversations or a thousand conversations. How I started the business athlete performance lab, talking to people. <laughs> that will be the book. It'll be everybody else's words, right? What the hell is I ranting about there? Anyways, books, subscriptions, leadership advice, accountability, all of that. We launched our subscription model today here live in the lab. So you get the free segment, then you got committed. Committed is our monthly plan. Uh, it's priced out at $998,000 a month. Now, I didn't want to make it $999,000 or a million because I just figured that would piss people off. So we stayed at $988,000. That's the price. And uh, that's going to get you into the lab, connect with myself and the community. All right. Then we have the next tier, big jump. Big, big jump. $10 million for lifetime access. And that's called the league, the league of business athletes, where exclusive membership, exclusive content, connected to the community, connected to members. And you're asking yourself, well, who's the members? Who's the members, Billis? Well, I'll tell you who the members are. You got me, you got myself, and you got I. <laughs> telling you, man, I'm telling you, we got to start somewhere. Our members, our business leaders, Retired athletes, guys like Dale Weiss, guys like Adam Big Hill, guys that are looking to continue moving their career through their sports career into their professional life. Right? Business leaders that are looking around going, all right, look, I'm in my 40s, I'm in my 50s, my kids are moving on. Maybe I'm pondering a big life change. And you're looking around going, oh, where, what do I do next? Where's the support mechanism? Especially for us guys. Honest to God, right? Honest to God. And I guess that's what we're trying to, that's, that's, that's the void we're trying to fill here in the market. There's a legitimate problem in the world right now for men loneliness. Men just don't reach out. We don't. So I guess if there's an opportunity right now for me to say to you, reach out to a buddy, that's a good thing. There's your tip. There's a Saturday afternoon tip. Right, so if you're listening to this, and there are people listening to this, believe it or not, wow, you do this enough. Hey, it's like fishing, right? You, you got to throw your fucking rod in the water to catch a fish. So if you're looking to build an audience, you got to go talk. You got to go get in front of people, right? That's just it. It's true. It's true. So committed, the league, and I'm joking about the price point. Right. Our committed program is less than less than a buck a day. It's less than 30 bucks a month. That's Canadian. Right. So what is that like eight cents US? Right. So that's uh, don't, don't sit there and go, oh, my God, Keith, you're going to charge me less than $30 a month. To listen to your crap. It's not crap, man. It's good content. It's connection to me, connection to a community. And it's going to help you be accountable because I'm telling you right now, I can guarantee you got subscriptions. 
but you don't even seem value. That's the point I was bringing up. I wrote something this morning and it was, uh, we published it this morning in the, in the, in our newsletter inside Bapple.ai. And, uh, it was this idea of, I'm pulling it up. The idea of the subscription. How many subscriptions do you have? Do you use that you actually have value in? How many do you just let see fall through the cracks, hit the Apple, you know, hit the old credit card, six bucks a month, eight bucks a month. Oh yeah, there's a six dollars. Oh yeah, there's a journaling app that I have I'm paying six dollars a month for, but I'm going to start journaling next week. Yeah, next week comes, next week comes. How many of you have the Peloton bike or the Peloton tread? (laughs) You know who you are. You do know who you are. How many of you have any other membership how many of you have a gym membership sitting in your wallet how many of you drive by the gym there's the gym hey jim how many of you actually go all of the time so that's the point of our memberships is to hold you accountable because i believe this i believe this in my heart of hearts I believe that if I show up every single day to to be accountable to your goal, you're going to be accountable to your goal. You see, I often think that the reason we're not accountable to our goals is that we don't feel like we have that human connection to get there. That we feel like, ah, I'll throw it out there. I'm, I'm really thinking about a transitional move in my life. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling in my marriage. Oh, that's a controversial one, Keith. What, what are you talking about, man? Yeah, maybe maybe I'm pushing a button right now. What I'm saying to you, you're saying, "Fuck, man." He's saying it's he's saying something that's resonating to me right now. Who do you talk to you about that? It's not that you don't love your wife or love your family. Maybe you're just confused about it. Maybe you have questions right now about what's going on in your life. Like I I I I don't. Do you have a buddy you can go talk to? Because I'll tell you where you can go. And it's not to go to hell. I'm telling you to come knock on the door of the lab. Because I've been there. I've been in your shoes. Been in your shoes. It wasn't until I discovered a brother, a close friend, a confidant, a place just down the road. And it's where I discovered the business athlete inside of me that allowed me to get through my shit in life. I had that gym to go to, to go talk to somebody. It's 6 a.m. on a Sunday. It's 6.30 a.m. on a Monday. To be raw. To share what I was feeling. To help me get through my confusion. To get to my next. But more importantly, guys... More importantly, was to help me be accountable to what I was feeling. Because that takes courage. And pardon my language, but it takes fucking courage and fucking balls. It takes balls to make a decision. And if you're an entrepreneur or business leader, you're already used to making decisions. I'm suspecting that if you're sitting here, you're not a bureaucrat. Not that you're not welcome. We welcome everybody. If you'd like to move paper for a living, show me how to move it effectively. But I might challenge you. 
I might challenge you to get rid of that paper and do something digital. But I'm saying this to you because I'm suspecting if you're one of my listeners and you're around here, you sometimes don't know where to look for the courage because I didn't know where to go. I went to the gym. The gym changed my life. And, and when I speak of the gym, please don't mistake that as a place where you got to go press 300 pounds. If you want to go press 300 pounds, awesome. I'm there with you. But to me, the gym is the metaphor of that rawness that we as human beings use to move our lives forward. It's why my day starts with the gym every single day. I'm going to show you guys something. Every single day, I start my own gym. I'm sorry, I start in the gym for my own accountability. And, and, and I, it's funny because I've been, I've been sharing more of this lately with people because I've been reminded, because I'm the old guy, right? I, 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 was, uh, I left, the old, left the old internet for a while, there, raising my kids and just going through shit in life. But I come back and I'm reminded that you need social proof. You need proof that you are something or I've done something. And it's funny, right? Because this daddy's got no fucking social proof. I left the internet about seven, eight years ago, left all my social channels. Why? Because it was boop, boop, with my head. It was with my head. And as a result, it was not doing me good. And as a result, I didn't think it was doing good for my kids. So I'm like, all right, I'm getting out of there. I'm getting really out of there. I left, got out. But now when you step back in, people judge you. Oh, you only got a thousand followers. Oh, really? Really? You're going to judge me on that? Judge me all you want. I know what I bring. And you know what I bring? 192 weeks. Mm -hmm. Let's let the numbers speak for themselves about accountability. 192 weeks. What is that? 192 Yeah. About 1,300 days. 1,344 days I've been accountable to myself. First thing in the day. First thing every morning. I've never been better mentally, physically, emotionally in my entire life. And it started about eight years ago when I was going through my own shit in life. Maybe it was eight or nine years. And I discovered what I call the business athlete lifestyle. And I discovered these business leaders like myself and these athletes, not like myself, but aspired to be business leader like myself. And we had a lot of commonalities. And one of those commonalities was we just, we fed off each other and we liked to communicate with each other. But then as I started the lab, I, re I recognized that there's no place for these guys to come to and to go to. So we created the lab, the Business Athlete Performance Lab. And you know, as I was talking yesterday, the lab. You know, the lab is a place where you experiment, you try, you attempt. I love trying. I love attempting because it encourages failure. Now, don't misunderstand that I... Don't, mis don't mistake that for not wanting to win. And don't mistake that for not desiring to win. But I don't, 
and I'm not afraid of failure. And I believe it is what we can help you here in the lab from an accountability perspective is to embrace it. Embrace the change, embrace the fear that comes in front of you, embrace the uncomfortable. And part of that is just showing up every single day. Difficult to do, difficult to do for many. And I, listen, I don't wanna say it's not difficult for me, because it is. But truthfully, I've built my life on it. And I, and I guess as I wake up, I'm an expert in it. I'm an expert in accountability. Because I know how to do it. And when I sat down with Dale Weiss months ago, sitting down, starting out the lab, you know, and I learned about his story to the NHL. Gets there at 24. Or JP Vijay gets there at 24. Now, was, was, was Weiss there earlier? Regardless. Regardless. This thing go play one game or two games. Weiss plays 500 and some odd games. It doesn't happen by accident. That's accountability. That's showing up. Accountability takes no fucking skill. No skill required to be accountable. You just got to show up, put the work in. And when you show up and put the work in and you show others, the odds are human nature is the others are going to help you. So there should be no excuses to not show up. It's actually the easiest thing to do. <laughs> Although, as I spoke with JM Ryerson this week, great solid Hayden was shaking JM. So the with the lab, man. I meet these awesome people every single day. My own little talk show. All around the world, get to talk to them, ask them questions. But I was talking with JM and he's like, Keith, man, because accountabilities, it's just a difficult thing to do. And, and I said to JM, I said, one of the reasons I think it's so difficult to do is that we're so focused on being productive. We're so focused on trying to get 28 ounces out of a 26 ounce bottle, like a great bartender does. And you know, he does. You guys know that trick. Come on. You don't know that trick. Listen, it's showing my age again, right? Any good bartender, any good bartender can squeeze 28, 30 ounces of a 26 ounce bottle. And where does those profits go to? Hmm, I said profits. Yeah. You know where they go to, but who cares? I think the problem these days with accountability, and I think the problem we have with holding ourselves accountable is we're all trying to be so damn productive is that we're overshoving stuff into the hour. You're thinking, what, what do you mean, Keith? Well, I, I, I think it's because we're saying to ourselves, all right, I got 60 minutes. I think I can go shove 62 into it. I can go shove 64 minutes into my 60. And you know, some days you can't. I, I think, hmm. I, one thing I've learned is, I, is I've listened to and watched enough AM or FM radio. I love how they can magically squeeze seconds out of minutes. It is actually magic. It's, it's have you ever paid attention to that? It's fascinating to me. It's fascinating to me how there's actually probably not 60 seconds in a minute when you're in the actual radio industry selling ads. And if Mackling, you're still, if you're still listening right now, I suspect I am right. They somehow magically take 60 seconds and make them 75. So uh, probably if you want to gain time in your life, you probably should go work in the radio industry. 
because somehow they're able to magically add 15, 30 seconds onto every minute. So out of a 60 minute hour, they're getting like 72 minutes of time. So I think that might be part of the problem that we have with people trying to shove too much productivity into an hour. And then as a result of that, we're trying to achieve too much. We don't become accountable. And as a result, we fail. And we aren't on time. Right? Are, is everybody paying attention right now always on time? Is it a skill that we, that we all are really good at? It's, it's truly interesting to me how difficult it is for people to be on time. Right? It's, it's a skill that clearly... <laughs> I think you have to be in sports to learn that skill. Do you be part of a team? It's like, hey, you got to be in the dressing room, you know, before this time, before that time to, you know, if any time later than that, you're going to be late. I, it, it's, it's interesting to me. It's interesting to me how that, how, how that works. Being on time, wasting time and so forth. What else can we chip on the old block today here? 45 minutes into our conversation. Live in the lab with myself, Keith Billis. Popping out of the blue. And it's working out pretty good, too. I got to tell you, I've got people, got people tuning in, paying attention. Uh, let's see. What else can we throw into the old conversation block here today? Uh, I So I love Artifact. You guys use Artifact? I started by, let's, let's back it up. If you're going to make an investment in a business, you're going to invest in the people. At least that's what I do. The idea is one thing, but the people are truly who's going to execute on what they're delivering. Yeah, see, Mackling, I knew it. I knew it's magic. And yes, every second does count. So every time I pause or not pause, I'm losing money, right? Uh, my point is, though, is that if you're going to invest in a company, you're investing in people. Wonderful app hit the marketplace here. I guess about a year ago, probably. A year ago, eight months ago, called, called uh, Artifact. Started by... Sistrum and Krieger, the two guys that started Instagram. And here's what I'm going to suspect. I suspect they know a little bit about social media. I suspect they know a little bit about targeted communities and advertising and building an app and what all that is up with um, the large world of social, uh, being part of Meta for a while. I suspect all of that. I just suspect it. So they launched this app called Artifact late last year. It's a news app, but it's a news app with a social twist to it. And I love it. I think that uh, um, they're doing a wonderful job bringing content together. Um, think of it like Reddit, X, Threads, Instagram, really all in one, right? From a design aesthetic, it's pretty slick. Like if you look at, so I'll show this to you, like there's my homepage. It doesn't look like Instagram, does it? Not at all. But they've done a really wonderful job aesthetically showing news, right? Oh, man. Oh, disappointed. So here's what I'm revealing something live on the air right now. I'm revealing disappointment. Okay, got to take a deep breath. Fuck. Okay. Well, I wasn't accountable to something. Damn it. So one of the things I love about Artifact is that they have a gamification system involved, which is you get rewarded for every time you tune in and read content and engage in content. 
And apparently yesterday, I did not engage with the content and artifact. And as a result, my streak ended. And I am pissed off. Oh! Yeah, you're getting that live right now. Pissed off. Oh! I know it's something so simple, but maybe that shows you a little bit about me. Yeah, right? I swear I logged in yesterday. I swear I read some stories yesterday. But apparently it's telling me that I'm not. So I'm right back to the beginning. My streak is over. And uh, yeah, look at that. Oh my goodness. I got the dreaded yellow screen. That is wrecking my day today. But I'll tell you what's not wrecking my day today. And I'm obviously causing some humor with all this. So yeah, I'm just going to put Artifact down and piss on it and say, hello to you guys. I'm not talking to you about Artifact because I'm in a bad mood right now. I thought I'd be showing you guys my streak. I thought I'd be showing you all my accountability to Artifact. And look at that. I failed it. But check this out. You guys remember November? No month. That was the month where I made a pledge on the air with all my guests and with anybody that wanted to listen. I said, hey, no month. I'm saying no to peanut butter for the month. So I took my peanut butter jar. Not that there's any more in the house. But I took my one, my peanut butter jar and I taped it up. I taped it up nice and tight to hold myself accountable to not digging into the peanut butter jar. And as you can see here on December 16th, I haven't dug into the peanut butter jar. So I'm a good six, seven weeks in without any peanut butter. And it's interesting because I will just get personal with you guys. It changes stuff for me. It really does. You know, so if you're, if you sit back some days going, oh man, I'm a guy and my gut is bothering me or I'm just kind of feeling crappy about myself right now. And if you're eating peanut butter, just take that out of your diet. It's as good as it is, frankly, as awesome as it is, man, I love peanut butter. It is uh, inflammation. Uh, obviously extra unwanted calories. Uh, it makes my morning routine uh, post coffee, read between every line you want, much more pleasant when I don't have peanut butter involved. So it's, it's largely been a wrestle for me. And what I have enjoyed with this show is this idea of public accountability. Very similar to a journal. Very similar to writing something down. You know, I like to write things down. But I have learned through this experience of the show and being on camera that if I share my experience with you, I've publicly stating it, I've got to hold myself accountable to it. It's who I am. So, <laughs> November 1st, I said no to the peanut butter. And it's still not eating the peanut butter. But now here's the challenge. I wrestle. I, I do. I was hungry yesterday, yesterday evening. You know, you know those days when you put a lot of work in, working hard and maybe a little less sleep than you would like and it's got a lot going on in your head and you're kind of seeking comfort. I don't know about you guys, I seek comfort in food. That's where I seek my comfort. I'm sure all of us do probably, right? Or maybe, maybe many of us do. Maybe some of us don't, I don't know. I, I do. And I like to seek my comfort in a freaking peanut butter jar with a spoon. Man. So yesterday, staring at the jar, just staring at it and left shoulder, that guy over there, you know, that guy, we all have them. 
He's like, oh, yeah, just dig in, man. Two weeks before Christmas. Who's going to know? And it, Greg, it is a vacuum of honesty. It absolutely is a vacuum of honesty. Because I couldn't. I would feel, here's my words, I'd feel really shitty if I dug into this peanut butter jar last night and I got on the air with you guys today or Monday, my scheduled time, which was Monday, and had to tell you guys that uh, this guy won. I couldn't do it. I, you want to know something about me. I, I really struggle with that. And you're saying, what do you struggle with, Keith? I struggle with failing you guys and letting you down. Because I made a pledge that I wasn't going to dig into the peanut butter jar. And I publicly made that pledge. And, and this guy on my shoulder wrestles me all the time. He's like, just dig into it. I'm telling you guys, it's generally a daily discussion. But then I just come downstairs, look at the microphone. Or I go and look at my own mirror. And I'm like, all right, this guy wins. I can't dig into the peanut butter jar. So I don't. So that's that accountability, right? It's that, it's that, it's that, and you say to yourself, so Keith, how do you do it? I'll, I'll give you one of my mantras. You know, it's that old mantra of nothing tastes as good as fit feels, if you want to call it that. You know, some would say, back in the olden days, I don't want to, you know, nothing feels as good as, well, they used to say nothing feels as good as skinny feels. But to me, it's more like nothing feels as good as fit feels. And nothing feels as good as the other 23 hours and 47 minutes of my day when I'm not eating the peanut butter. So I'm sharing this with you guys because I know that I've been encouraged by my colleagues to keep being honest and vulnerable and relatable to you. But if I'm going to build an audience and I'm going to get you to tune into what I have to say, more importantly, if I'm going to get you to trust me, I'm going to make myself relatable. And the peanut butter jar was, I think it's relatable for all of us, regardless if it's a peanut butter jar or a box of chocolates or potato chips. Get behind a microphone. Go tell the world. It'll help you be accountable. And that's why I'm hoping. Nah, let's rewind that. I need a sound effect. I need a sound effect, the rewind sound effect. That's why I'm hoping that... Having people join committed, having people, having people join the league of business athletes will give them that mental, physical, and emotional fortitude to be accountable to themselves. And even, I will tell you this, even if you want to be accountable to yourself privately with me, let's do that. If you're like, hey, Keith, yeah, I really want to hit this goal next year, but I don't know. I don't know if I could do it by myself. Well, first of all, I know that you can, and you know that you can. Maybe what you're really saying is that I would love to tell you my goal so that we can achieve it together. And my response to you is going to say, well, you're going to achieve it. I'm going to be the one who's beside you, who's going to pick you up when you fall, because you're going to fall. And I'm the one to prop you up when you hit milestones along the way. Love the idea of milestones, right? Milestones, little, little mementos of confidence along the way, right? Every little bit of confidence you build along the way is, is, is a milestone of achievement, right? And, and what my role will be 
just like my role with my own peanut butter jar, is to keep you accountable through suggestions, through ideas, through thought, through recommendations, through concepts for you to consider. Because I'm going to tell you something else. I don't have all the answers. I have experiences. I got a life full of experiences that I'm happy to share with you. Took something from nothing, built it up to value, sold it, went through that experience. Climbed a few mountains in my lifetime, went through those experiences. Speaking of climbing mountains, if you are going through life right now and you're asking yourself what 2024 is going to bring, and maybe you're saying to yourself, I don't know what 2024 is going to bring or I need some help with 2024, go and trek a mountain. And I'm not talking about go climb Mount Everest or go climb K2. No, I'm talking about just go put some hiking shoes on and go trek a medium mountain. And I got a few for you. We can go do Volcan Baru in Panama, end of March. The only place in the world you see the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean at the same time. The only place. The only place. And it's a day trek. We start in the morning, first thing in the morning, 6 a.m. We'll be up there by 1. We back down, back down to the bottom of the hill by about 6, 7 p.m. But let me tell you the power of trekking a mountain. I have yet to meet a human being that has said to me, uh, Keith, Damn it. I wish I didn't climb that mountain. I'm really regretful that I climbed that mountain. I hate knowing that I went to the top and I came down to the other side. What? No, you never hear anybody say that. What you do hear somebody say is, wow, I'm proud of that achievement. What you also hear somebody say is, holy smokes, getting to the top was only half the journey. You're thinking, what, Keith? What did you just say? Getting to the top is only half the journey. It is. Yet we often celebrate only getting to the top. Yeah, I summited Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, I summited Mount Everest. Yeah, I summited Mount Pico. Oh, but did you get down? Oh, yeah, I got down. Harder going down than going up. It was harder going down than going up. And you see that again, is the power and magic of accountability when you are set your mind on a goal. And you don't have a physical choice to stop. You can't just stay at the top of the mountain. Nope, not going down. Nope, not going down. Just staying here. Could you imagine? Nope. Setting up camp here. Just going to set up camp on the top of Kilimanjaro. I'm not going down. Make me. As if, Right. And rarely do you hear anybody say, no, I got to the top and I went back down to the other side. Rarely do you hear that. So I would invite you to consider as you look at 2024, or even 2025, put a trekking experience and I can help you with that. Listen, I'm not here to sell you shit. I guess I am though. Got to keep the lights on. <laughs> the, the point though is that those experiences will not only, and I guess it's a nice way to wrap up how we started a conversation today, was Christmas and buying stuff. I love how things just segue together at the end of the day. If you don't consider buying stuff, you might want to consider buying some experiences. 
and 2024 might be the year you consider some experiences. And as we wrap up our day here today, I think anyways, I don't know, I'm having kind of fun. I, I don't mind creating the content. People are tuning in. People are talking to me here. So I'm like, all right, well, let's keep chatting. Inviting you to Trek is not a bad thing to consider. It will change your life. And if you just tune in going, what the hell is this guy talking about changing my life? No, but it will though. It actually will. There's, I've done it enough times to confidently tell you that it's going to change your life. You don't, you don't believe me? Let's talk. Let's go trek a mountain together. What have I trekked? I've done the Inca Trail, went to Machu Picchu. And no, I didn't take the bus there. No, I didn't take the train there. It's funny, right? Yeah, you make the three-day, five-day trek there to the Inca Trail, to up the Inca, and you get to the Sun Gate at 5 a.m. And then you get to the ruins and you visit it all. Then, and then as you're exiting, you're seeing people show up by train and by bus. And you're like, what the hell? They're all in their nice Versace and Gucci and Hermes clothes and, and no judgment. No judgment, just grace. All those brands are awesome. But you're like, hey, wait a minute. I just trekked my ass here. And you guys just showed up by bus. Ah, that's not the full experience. That's the bought for experience. So I've trekked Inca Trail. I've trekked across Iceland, across the glaciers of Iceland. There's power. There's power in moving one foot in front of the other. I've trekked to the top of Kilimanjaro. It's funny. Climbing Kilimanjaro is not the hardest thing at all. Like you're, anybody listening right now can climb Kilimanjaro. Pole, pole, one foot in front of the other. You will climb Kilimanjaro, nine days. Seven day trek, nine day trek. Generally the longer trek it is, the higher odds you're gonna do it because your body's going to acclimatize. So I would recommend you're gonna do a nine day. And if you're signing up with me, we're doing a nine day. We're doing a nine day next October. But that is the ultimate in accountability. It really is. <clears throat> because trekking is actually the easiest part. Moving one foot in front of the other, in front of the other is the easiest part. The most difficult part is all of the time in your own head. Lots of it. You get nine days, 24 hours, all you're doing is walking, talking to the people in the group, looking around, hearing stories. And then when you get to camp, you sit in the tent and you do the same thing. Retell the same stories, recap the day. Like if you're into, if you're not into chit chat, then doing a long day trek is probably not for you because you need to find some comfort in, you need to find some comfort in in, uh, in chit chat, because there's a lot of it. But it's a wonderful time to be in your own head. And it's a wonderful time to help move your life forward. And what I mean by that is at the end of that trekking experience, be it nine days, seven days, nine days, a few things are going to have happened. So at the end of those nine days, you will have climbed a mountain. It's just that, just that statement itself, I've climbed a mountain. Yeah, you have. Yeah, climbed a mountain. Not everybody can say that. I've climbed a mountain. And if you climb Kilimanjaro, I've climbed one of 
the seven tallest mountains on the planet. Yeah, you can say that too. So that in itself is an accomplishment. That's, that's an exceptional accomplishment. You also have the experience of all that time in your head that you can't get away from because you have to accept it. And what I mean by that statement is that once you get comfortable in your head and start walking, you got nowhere to go but forward, right? So those, those, those conversations you're having with yourself, those questions you're having with yourself, there's nowhere to go but to embrace those conversations. You can't hide from them. Where are you going to go? You, you can't be distracted by another event around you. You're trying to climb a mountain. <laughs> you are actually climbing a mountain. The other things you're going to get from that experience, especially if we're talking about Kilimanjaro, is sleeping in a tent for eight days, no shower, very little of those amenities of water. And, and lastly, it's this idea of using a, a paint can. Yeah. 45 gallon paint can, no? But, but using a 45 gallon paint can for the crapper. I guess, I guess that's the word I'm going to use. It's true. A little singular tent, a little rudimentary toilet seat strapped on top of a paint can, and Bob's your uncle. So you talk about being vulnerable, talk about being raw. Talk about getting close to your crew. Yeah. So those are the experiences you're going to gain. So at the end of those nine days, you have accomplished much more than just climbing a mountain. It is an exceptional experience that nobody will ever take from you. As you're planning your 2024 and your 2024 goals, be asking yourself, where that fits into your life right now. Sorry, I'm just uh, sending a text to my lovely wife who just sent me a note here and I'm just sending her a text to, hey, I'm alive on the air. She's like, what? What the hell are you doing, man? So climb a mountain. I, I really cannot encourage you enough to have that consideration. If you don't know where to start, start with me. I can help you. We can help you in the lab. Putting together some treks for October, for Kilimanjaro. Looking for eight guys. Eight to ten. Right? Kilimanjaro in October. Looking to do Panama in March. Eight guys. Right? A day trek. Ideally, we would do the whole year together. You want to train, you want to actually absolutely unequivocally change your life next year. And maybe you're tuning in right now and you're saying to yourself, oh, what's he talking about? Well, maybe you're going through a life change. Tell you trekking some some mountains is not a bad thing. We could do Panama in January. I'm sorry, March. Mount Pico in the Azores. Oh, that. I'm gonna tell you. Uh, here, here's the kind of stuff you get inside the membership in the lab. Just gonna call it straight up right now, because nobody's knowing what I'm gonna tell you now. Nobody's knowing this. If you are looking for a trek to do before you climb Kilimanjaro. Because you don't know if you can do Kilimanjaro. 
go do Mount Pico in the Azores. Let me tell you why I think Mount Pico is the perfect trek to do before you do Kilimanjaro. So Mount Pico uh, is on Pico Island in the Azores. And I bet most people tuning in right now don't know where the Azores is or where they are, what the hell they're all about. Well, they're a series of nine islands off the coast of Portugal in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Direct flight from Toronto, direct flight from Boston. It is exceptional. Uh, apparently, so I've never been to Hawaii, but apparently it's the Hawaii of the Atlantic. That's some good tunes. Yeah, good tunes, man. I like that. I like that for a Saturday afternoon. So the Azores, Mount Pico. It is a wonderful warm-up. Oh, man, I'm looking at this peanut butter jar. Fuck, I gotta, I gotta get away from me. I'll tell you guys something else. So I, I rarely drink this stuff. I, I just, I rarely do. It's just, uh, I'll tell you why. When I, when I built ICUC, my first company, uh, it's funny, I, I rarely say, uh, because I'm uhing myself here. When I started ICUC, I drank tons of Diet Coke. And I mean tons. It was not uncommon for me to fuel my day with, oh, I'm going to admit this. Here we go again, the old vacuum of honesty. I was drinking easily two to four to six liters a day. A day of Diet Coke. Coke Zero wasn't out then. It was still Diet Coke. Oh, I know no judgment. No judgment, just grace. Please, just grace. <laughs> so I drank too much of it. And there was a point where I said to myself, enough is enough. I just put it all down. And that's just with me too, about that accountability spot in life. When I'm done with something, I'm just done with it. So I put it down, done with it. And uh, put the old Coke away. And I decided to not drink anymore and just drank water. Well, time changed a little bit. And uh, I suspect now that my wife is tuned into my show. So hello, my dear love. Oh, running errands with the kids. Yeah, what the hell? I, just, I, I had some things to say. So I was sat down after I took the dogs outside and ran my errands. I'm going to come downstairs and just put the old headset on and see what happens. Nobody knows. There's no announcement. So I just tuned in and tuned on. And you know what, baby? Baby, people tuned in. It's working. Maybe people like me. <laughs> That's the other thing, too, is you get a little old, you don't really care. I think what we're going to do those. We're probably going to work ourselves to wrapping up. That is got other things to do other than just talking on the microphone to you guys all day. But anyway, yeah, I was talking about <laughs> the drink in front of me here. I never, uh, I rarely do have Coke. Rarely. It's just not a thing for me. Although I don't mind it as a treat. You guys always see me drinking my President's Choice water. I love Okay, well, I was going to tune out, but the viewers are going up. So maybe we'll just keep sticking around here. Um, I, I love my President's Choice water. Uh, but then every now and then I got to have a treat. So I dig into the old uh, Coke Zero. Uh, it's like a nice little treat. I'm, I'm a pretty boring dude uh, when it comes to the food and the, the drinking of stuff. Uh, try to keep pretty simple, uh, which keeps me accountable. Totally keeps me accountable to all that. 
Uh, all right. So let me just see one last thing before we get out of the lab here. You guys do your train. You guys take care of yourself today. I did. Um, I, I, I jumped on the, and you know what? Yeah. Oh, there's Tom. Ha <laughs> ha. All right. I knew there's always something to talk about. Oh man. I'm, I'm not going to just going to get emotional here. So Tom, my friend, my family, my brother from Kenya. Tom Najuro Safaris. If you are looking for a safari adventure, if you are looking for the ultimate safari adventure, so first of all, we're going to do it together. But we have a guy. We got a guy. We got a guy in Kenya. So never mind Google. Never mind ChatGPT. You call Keith. You call Keith. We get, we get Tom and we go and do some safari. I hope I can find something really cool to show you guys right now because... Um, I was out on an experience. Uh, the timing of this, Tom, is perfect having you here, actually. Um, I was out on an experience last year. Uh, just trying to pull it up on my iPhone. So how did I meet Tom? I went to Kenya last year with my friends, my friends, with my family. And I'm sure you guys, uh, I think I've told you guys enough about my experience going to Kenya. But no, maybe I haven't. Went to Kenya. Oh, my God, the pictures are coming up here. Yes. Oh, it's not here, though. Okay, uh, I know that I'm on live on the air right now, and this dead air, as Greg Macklin would say, is like, hey, that's worth money right now. That's worth money. And I know it's worth money, but I guess the good news is because it's like my own broadcast, I can kind of eat the air up. But I'm trying to find something really specific to show you guys. Um, I, I will, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put it inside of the private. Tom, you're going to get this because you're going to be part of this. The private WhatsApp community we've created for all my members. What's the point you're wondering? Last year, went on a night safari with Tom, me, Carter, and Tom. And we all know of day safaris, right? I think we've seen enough pictures of them and we've, we've, uh, we know what to expect with them. It's animals in the daytime, right? It's animals in the daytime. We see and exceptional, frankly. But one night, myself and Tom and Carter jump into the old Jeep and uh, we head out for a night safari. And I have this uh, Leica camera, M11 Leica camera. And I bought this lens for it that is, is supposed to be exceptionally uh, good in low light conditions. And just so we're clear where we are at the Lua Conservancy, there's no light pollution. Zero. It's dark. Piss black dark. So Tom is like, hey, I know there's lions over there because of what's happened earlier today. So let's go over there tonight and see if we can see some lions. So sure enough, we get in the old Jeeper and drive on down to the area where we think there's going to be some lions. And earlier that day, a lion had killed a... Uh, Tom, was it a wildebeest? I think it was a wildebeest, actually. I think it was a wildebeest. And so we heard of that killing just before sundown. So we went there at sundown. And I'm sitting in the Jeep... This is the point of the story, and it is cool. Sitting in the Jeep, I take my camera, I reach out to the top of the Jeep, stand up, and I just hit click. And it's pitch black. It's pitch black. You can't see anything. I'm saying to myself, I don't know if the camera caught anything. Uh, I know it's got a great... Uh, it was a zebra. Yes, Tom, you're right. It was a zebra. Uh, so we knew that it had killed a zebra. And I didn't know if... 
it had caught anything at all. But I get back to the to the cottage that night, back to our back to our suite, and I go and take the camera and I grab the pictures off of the camera. And sure enough, in front of the Jeep, in the darkness of the night, was this lion. And all you see in this image, and I'm gonna post it inside of our private community here for, for my for my paying members. Yeah, for the paying members. Hey, you want you want good shit? You gotta come join the lab. Uh it's this image. Oh, I'm getting it. I'm determined to find it and show you guys right now on the air here. Although I'm probably gonna fail. Clearly I'm gonna fail. It's funny how I feel like panicky that we're like we're on this time crunch. It's like, oh hey, uh they're trying to hear it. They're trying to see you right now, but yeah, it's just not going to show up here. Oh, there it is right there. Yes. Okay. So this image is that dark. Can you see that? There you go. Set that, that line right there. So you cannot see any of this with your naked eye at all. There's nothing to see except darkness. So it wasn't until I got back and, and uh, what's the word from the olden days? Photography? Oh, develop the negatives. Yeah, I developed the negatives. Is that I saw this. And how freaking exceptional was that? Was that there was that line and then check this out. And then uh, it went for a walk. We didn't know where it went. So I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna take pictures around the area here to see what I can see in the darkness of the night. And keep in mind, the only light that I got for these pictures is from the moon. So no light pollution, just moonlight. Check this one out. So there's another one. So again, that is, that's the darkness of the night. There's a lion there. So trust me when I say that, and uh, here's me and BZ. See, it's true, man. We were there. We absolutely were there. And uh, that is experience unlike anything before that I've ever been through before. So you, so we do know, like I said, you know one thing about a day safari, but it's a whole other situation when you think about and you see and you are involved in a night safari. You know, you just, you just see different things. You hear different things. I was on the, I was on the, I was on the Mara uh, with the Maasai uh, prior to meeting with Tom, and we saw some uh, hyenas uh, after a kill and uh, I don't know if I can do this right now, but yeah, there's uh, they, they, when they kill the animal, they actually sound like laughing humans. It's unbelievable. So I'm sharing this with you because if you're looking to buy stuff this Christmas, stop buying something. Don't buy anything, get an experience. And you know what you can do? You can hold yourself accountable to something, to a goal. Making an experience, come join the lab, come do it with myself, come do it with Dale, come do it with the team here. Like I said, we can do, uh, you know, Panama, Pico, Kilimanjaro, end the year with Tom. End the year with Tom in Kenya. And it is an experience unlike anything. It's true. And you'll actually, you know, on that experience, you'll hear that my voice sounds the same without the microphone. It's true. That's, that, that's true as well. So I'm really glad you joined, Tom. I'm uh, super glad you're on the air here on in, in the show. And um, 
to any of my members that are part of the community, direct connection with Tom. So if you want to do an experience unlike anything you've ever done before, you need to get to Kenya. It is uh, off the beaten path. It's not something you're probably thinking about when you're doing an experience. Um, but Tom is your guy to get you there. Absolutely there to get you there. All right. Should we say goodbye or do we have anything else anybody wants to talk about here today? I'm going to pull up my old, uh, one more thing I want to pull up here for you guys. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm working on a format, right? Because the format here I'm always doing is with the guest. And I've had feedback from people saying, well, no, but Keith, it can't just always be a guest. It's got to be yourself too. People want to hear from you. Like, I want to hear from you. Oh, okay. I got, we want to hear what you have to say. Oh, okay. That works too. Yeah, I get, we, we can do that. Yeah, absolutely. So I, the way we're going to do that is by perhaps just, you know, getting things to talk about, putting them on the table, putting them out there and having that conversation with you guys. Knowing that our goal all the time is to add value to your life. Here's something for you. So did you know that U.S. airlines lose 2 million suitcases a year? What? It's actually probably not surprising, is it? 2 million. Where do they all go is, is the question. Well, you know where they end up? Many of them end up in a little city at about 150 miles northwest of Atlanta in a 50,000 square foot building. Yeah. And everything's for sale. So if, if, you're, if you've lost your stuff, if you've lost your suitcase, you're like, hey, I don't know where the hell my suitcase is. And a good segue for me because when we went to Kenya, one of our suitcases didn't make it. Baby, if you're listening right now, you know about that, right? It got onto the old plane and it didn't get there. So we don't know where it is, but we lost our suitcase. And I'm suspecting that it is here. Look at that. So that there, guys, viewers, listeners, if you're listening, you're, what the hell is he showing right now? This here is unclaimed baggage displayed in a department store-like fashion of lost or not picked up luggage from airlines. Who knew? So there's your other Saturday tip for today. If you've lost your luggage, head on down to Atlanta and you will find your luggage or your contents of that luggage probably inside of that place. Interesting. Who knew? Who absolutely knew? Um, let's see what else we got here. Let's see what else we're going to get here. Oh, listen, is this, is this a good one for today's topic here? Okay. Well, here's another one for our audience. This is the surprising age when you'll have the best sex of your life. What? What? This comes courtesy of the healthy a Reader's Digest brand. So I guess we'll take that for what it's worth. And in a world of fake news, I guess my job in all this as the curator of your news, the curator of your content, is to ensure that I'm giving you guys legitimate and reputable stuff. So I read this earlier this week. So what age group do you think has the 
best sex. Well, the best sex apparently is, oh, I, I had this bookmark earlier and it is not here anymore. Your 60s. I knew it. I, I, I just I couldn't find it in my bookmark. Yeah, in your 60s. The best sex of your life in your 60s. So if you're 20 right now listening, you're probably not 20 listening to this. If you're 30, the best is yet to come. If you're 40 and 50, it's only going to get better. But the article speaks about the fact that um, it's, it's that your attitude changes and the concept of it all changes and the concept of sex changes, right? So if you're tuning in right now as my audience, know that the future is bright when it comes to intimacy and sex because the best sex is going to happen when you're going to hit your 60s. What else can I tell you guys? Oh, here's another one. Let's stay on the theme of lifestyle. From Your Tango. I read Your Tango. It's a relationship piece of content. Divorced women reveals the five things women do that make husbands want to leave their marriage. It's, it, it's apparently a thing. Number one, trying to change your husband. So, ah, here we go. We're watching the viewership decline as we're talking about lifestyle topics. Interesting, noted. <laughs> Tongue in cheek. There are five things that wives do that make married men want a divorce. Trying to change your husband. Number two. It is try to control him. Probably the same with both, right? If you're trying to control your wife or trying to control your husband... I'm, I'm thinking both of them don't want to stick around. Like, that doesn't seem to work, right? Not being intimate. <clears throat> that, of course, as well, right? Not No intimacy means probably not a lot going on in the relationship part of the house, and uh, that's probably going to make its way out sideways as well. Number four, letting yourself go. Ah, here's one. Um, and again, this is coming from the women's perspective, which is... Uh, divorced woman reveals the five things women do that make their husbands want to leave their marriage. So gentlemen, I'm talking to you right now, specifically to you. We all sit here thinking about, ah, I want my wife to take care of herself. I want my wife to not let go of herself. I want my wife to not let herself go. Well, you know what, guys? She doesn't want you to let go of yourself either. The dad bod's not working. The dad bod's only working because it's just easy for her to say that. You see, don't get caught up in the physical aesthetics of the dad bod, but get caught up more of the emotional connection with the dad bod. If your wife sees you taking care of yourself, but the results aren't coming, what she's seeing is the, is the work you're putting in. That's what she wants to see, is the work. She wants to see the effort going in. The results will be the results. Unless the peanut butter jar gets in the way. Unless she catches you in the kitchen at 2 a.m. with your spoon in the peanut butter jar. I've been there. But guys, she wants to see the effort. Put the effort in, and I'm telling you, she's sticking around. So... Don't accept the dad bod, guys. I can hate the dad bod. 
and, and listen, gentlemen, I'm not hating on you. What I hate about it is the acceptance of it. It's like there's this acceptance that I can let myself go. No, because when you let yourself go, you're not just physically letting yourself go. You're letting yourself down. And you're letting... You're letting yourself not be accountable to yourself. You're accepting mediocrity. You're accepting that that's just what you have become or are. You're accepting that identity. When I would argue that it's the wrong approach. It's the wrong approach. And number five, apparently, divorced woman says, don't come between him and the family. Those are the things that are going to make you get a divorce. Here's the thing, guys. I know, you know, we all know. I know my success. My success. My accountability success is linked to my ability to stay connected in my relationship. When I'm not connected in my relationship, everything else struggles. That's just the facts. So work hard on that. Everything else takes care of itself. So 90 minutes in, I think we're going to wrap it up and say goodbye. I, this has been a lot of fun. I got to be honest with you guys. I hope you've enjoyed it like I have enjoyed it. It was uh, impromptu. Uh, I, I think that there's room for more of this impromptu content coming out of my world into your world. I would invite your comments here in the thread here. If you're paying attention right now, uh, wherever you're watching, whether it's on YouTube or it's X, LinkedIn. What did you think of today's show? Did it work? Did you like the content? Did you like the discussion? Were you inspired by it? I got to think if you stuck around, there was something I was saying was interesting. What interested you? What are you liking? What are you not liking? What's working? What's not working? We're going to keep trying. We're going to keep trying. Putting out content daily, live in the lab. You can find us, subscribe to us, inside.bapple.ai. That's, uh, that's where you'll find us. Go put your email address into there. And Tom, we got you in there, pal. Put your email address, put, put your email address in there and we're going to get content sent out to you. And you're going to get access to some incredible stuff along the way. Bapple Nation, you got Keith Billis sitting here. Live in the lab, going to tune himself out. He tuned in 90 minutes ago, and I'm going to tune myself out. And I think we'll leave this up live. Pushing people. Hey, we just discovered some strategy here on the air at the last 90th minute. We'll use these free shows to drive people over to the paid shows. Right? So, hey, if you like what we're saying, tune in. The biggest compliment you could give me is one of two things. Send me a guest who you think would be interesting to the audience. Number two is put your email address in and subscribe to our content. And you don't even have to pay. Just become a free member. Just become part of the lab. That's all that I ask. Baffle Nation, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day today. I'm Keith Billis. You know where you'll find me. Find me on LinkedIn, Keith Billis. Find me on X, Keith Billis. Find me on YouTube, Official Bapple. And you can find me Monday to Friday. I'm live in the lab. 
noon central minus six GMT. And I'm going to get out of here. Hope you guys enjoyed the show as much as I've enjoyed doing it. That was a mouthful in one sentence. Have a great day. A great evening, Tom. Thank you for jumping in, my friend. Lots of love from here from Canada. Out to my friends in Kenya, my family in Kenya. And uh, to all of you out in Bapple Nation, we'll be in touch. <laughs>